This podcast is sponsored by Sapient Global Markets. Mitigate risk and control the cost of regulatory trade and transaction reporting with Sapient CMRS. Let CMRS assume this heavy burden so you can focus on your core business. To find out more, please go to cmrs.sapient.com. Hello and welcome to this DerivSource podcast. I'm Julia Schieffer, the founder and editor of DerivSource.com. Now, BCBS, or the Basel Committee on Banking Supervision, kicked off this year by publishing the long-awaited revised standards for minimal capital requirements for market risk. Industry participants hope that this is the last chapter of the Fundamental Review of the Trading Book, or FRTB. But for many banks, the work has just begun in terms of reviewing their operational processes and restructuring trading desks. In this DerivSource podcast, we speak to Zeshan Chowdhury, partner at Deloitte, and Daniel Mayer, a manager in Deloitte's risk advisory business, about FRTB revisions and what the impact on derivatives and firms' operational processes will be. Here is a DerivSource reporter, Lynn Strong and Dodds. Hi, we are here to talk about the FRTB with Zeshan Chowdhury, partner at Deloitte, and his colleague, Daniel Mayer. Managing Director in Deloitte's Risk Advisory Business. Thank you very much for taking part. Can you please begin with a short introduction of yourself? Hi, I'm Zishan Chowdhury. I'm a partner within our risk advisory practice. I'm responsible for financial risk management advice that we provide to our clients. Hi, I'm Daniel Mayer. I work on Zishan's team. I lead the FRTB proposition for Deloitte. The first question really focuses on a brief introduction to the FRTB. Yes, the fundamental review of the trading book or FRTB is essentially a fundamental overhaul of the market risk framework. The finalization of the reforms to the trading book regulation was promised by the G20 in the immediate aftermath of the crisis. Intention is for a more coherent set of models bringing really bringing together Basel 2.5 reforms and a more standardized and harmonized internal models approach with a more complex risk sensitive approach that all banks must calculate. We generally see three interwined challenges relating to FRTB and these are number one capital impact, two front to back framework challenges and three relating to the models methodology, data, and IT. What will the revisions mean for trading in derivatives? From a capital point of view, derivatives will be hit harder than linear products. Complex derivatives will be hit harder than more vanilla ones. And the difference in capital treatment between the internal models and the standardized model is greater for more complex products than it is for more linear, more simple ones. From a process point of view, derivatives, complex ones in particular, will find it harder to pass the desk level tests and may need more effort from finance to pass as well as tougher IT work. So they're less likely to pass P&L attribution since the Greeks are less likely to capture the full market moves for these products. If they do make it onto internal models, the challenges are liquidity horizons, which are higher for volatility risk factors than for spot prices, 
and this means derivatives tend to be capitalized more punitively. And non-modulable risk factors, which will mean risks like correlation and volatility skew, where there's not many observable market price points, will be capitalized more punitively as well. So these derivatives will be harder in the internal models. And if they do fail the PL attribution tests, which as I said, they're more likely to do, then on the standardized model, these derivatives will get a far, far higher charge. And that's the result of the lack of diversification benefit between delta and vega risk, the curvature risk charge, which could present an implementation challenge for some banks and has some strange effects, particularly for digital and barrier options, and the residual risk add-on, which penalizes products in particular if they have what is called in the rules an exotic underlying. So weather derivatives, mortality swaps, realized volatility swaps are all penalized very hard by the standardized model. So overall, for derivatives, it leads to a higher capital charge and greater framework challenges. On the operational front, what changes will banks have to make if they have to keep their internal or want to keep their internal models? So the key here is that in the old world, internal models approval was done across the whole bank, whereas in the new world, it's done on a desk by desk basis. And really, the operational challenges come from meeting the desk level tests that will maintain internal model approvals. So it's not so much a matter of the bank will be in or out of internal models, but which desks will be in or out. And to pass these tests, to pass back testing and P&L attribution, there needs to be better links between risk, finance, and front office. And that's links in terms of governance and links in terms of data. There's particular challenges around adjustments that are made by finance teams because these can lead to failure if the data isn't fed through to risk and fed back to front office. There's challenges, particularly for derivatives, around whether full revaluation is needed to pass P&L attribution. So full revaluation is something that some VAR models use, which presents a greater IT challenge, a greater implementation challenge, needs more infrastructure. There's also the fact that the desk structure itself, the trading desk structure of the bank needs to be approved by regulators. There's room for banks to choose a desk structure that optimizes IMA eligibility performance, but there's also a need for the desk structure to fit with what regulators say they expect, to have a head trader, to have regular risk management reports, and that each trader can only be aligned to a single desk. So the operational challenges, I think, really come around desk structure and desk level approvals. Is that the same for the standardized model? Standardized model is simpler since there's less chance of failing these desk level tests. It's for, for the desks that do fail these tests. However, there's still some challenges, particularly for smaller banks. So some extra feeds will be required for standardized models. They'll need to provide you know, possibly vaguer looking differently to how it looks at the moment. For basket derivatives, some banks have found problems in the quantitative impact studies in the preparatory work for the FRTB and will need to implement these now in practice. The curvature charge in particular requires a bank to bump a risk factor and revalue a position using the front office valuation model. The bump though is quite big and could be beyond the range of some models. 
So your models will need to be able to handle a 70% change in equity price or a 1200 bips change in credit spread. So there will be some IT work required by the standardized model, but the framework challenge is less than the internal models. And apart from the models, are there any other operational challenges? I'd say non-modulable risk factors and P&L attribution are the key other challenges in the rules. So P&L attribution is the test that allows you to pass and gain internal models approval, but it really requires that the repricing used by the VAR model is very similar to the front office model. And in quantitative impact studies conducted so far, most banks would fail P&L attribution for most desks. So there's certainly an implementation challenge there, but there's also an organizational challenge, as I said, in making sure finance, risk, and front office communicate with each other. So data quality errors like adjustments don't get in the way of passing this test. And then the other problem for banks is non-modelable risk factors, where they need to document how many observable prices go into forming a risk factor time series. So you need to know whether your trader marking the volatility skew is marking it based on a real observed price or not. And this is a major data challenge that banks still haven't worked out how they're going to meet. And finally, for those banks that are not prepared, what steps should they be taking now? I think the first key step is to understand the impact from a regulation perspective and to understand the impact, first of all, on capital, and then secondly, on your infrastructure. By doing a good, robust capital analysis on the regulation, it gives you a good view and insight with regards to what the impact would be on your business. I think that's the first step. The second would then be to take that step further and understand from a process and framework perspective what the rules would mean to the business and to each of the key functions impacted by the regulation. Once banks have got a good handle on the size of the task and the effort, then they can go and start to think about some of the key design considerations and then start to plan accordingly with regards to what or effort that they would, they would need to undertake in order to meet and comply with the requirements. Thank you very much for your time in explaining the FRTV to us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you to Zeshan and Daniel from Deloitte for joining us in this podcast. If you would like to see the transcript of this podcast, please go to the show notes page on derivsource.com. And you'll also find related articles on this topic at the website. To hear other podcasts, please go to our podcast page on DerivSource.com, or you can download the free DerivSource app and listen on the go, on your commute, at the gym, or wherever it's convenient for you to listen to our industry interviews. Thank you for listening. Join us next time.